Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of These Are the Voyages. Joining me once again as we uh, travel down the episode of Star Trek Discovery that is called Rubicon are my dear friends, Lieutenant Commander Eric and Lieutenant Commander David. What's happening, fellas? What's going on, Chase? Nada. I'm just here holding the chair down. You know, it's great. It's going pretty good. Yeah. Congratulations on making it to another week. We're back here again on the microphones, making noises with our mouths. It's fantastic. You know, just thought I'd let you know. I just Only um, the facts. Yeah, just, Only the, just the facts, Jack. Just spitting facts right now. Just spitting facts. And um, one fact that I am going to be spit right now, that was weird, is um, Lieutenant Commander Eric's... Um, you know, his quarters are looking pretty bare right now. My goodness. He's a, he's, he's a minimalist, y'all. He's a minimalist. Yeah, I normally got this nice big setup behind me over here, behind my left shoulder. Mm-hmm. All my Star Trek stuff, all my Shakespeare stuff, all my little, little doodicky things, right? Doodads, right? But it's all, it's all in boxes right now. He's leaving us. That's... I'm leaving. I'm 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 moving quarters. Yes. The stars were going the wrong way. Okay. Okay. So I had to go to the other side of the of the station, even though it's a station. So like. Are you, are you pulling a wharf? <laughs> you just gonna just gonna sleep aboard the ship? You know. <laughs> I mean, he does like the hum of the ship. I mean, who doesn't like the hum of the vigilant? I'm I'm just saying, y'all. Just saying. Uh, no I mean by the time you're hearing this I'll have already been moved right that's the wonder of technology and and time travel it's very time travel it is and we know how much David loves a good time travel adventure yes good more time travel talk my favorite (laughs) I'm just hoping that like uh, these species 10c is not like from the future and they're like going back to the past when there was a time in their past when there was enough boronite right but there because there's not now in their future timeline so they had to go back (laughs) into the past to mine it like please don't do that i mean let's just bring back (laughs) crewman daniels we'll do a temporal cold war tie-in sulaban will show up i mean let's just go nuts with it why let's do it i'm all for it please let's not like, come on! Like, please no. You don't. You don't want some crewman Daniels. I mean, he died what? several times. Several times, right? I mean, you, you don't want that. You don't want him coming in, in that sweet black rib suit with his like really slick fake looking hair. Mm, that's true. <sighs> no. Sick. No. It looked like that was like the. Like a mashup of both spaghetti and a Borg outfit. Kind of like one of those old school Borg outfits from back in the early days. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, man. Oh, Lordy. Well, apart from, uh, from you know, your quarters being pretty bare as you transfer from the station to the ship, uh, what's been going on in your world, Eric or David, whoever wants to say something? Well, I have great news, actually. Ooh, I love great also. news. Great news, right? All the times I've complained about Carline, right? Being out there in Carline, the worst part of the job, 
I went out there on Monday and the headmaster said, oh, we decided we're not squishing cars anymore. Uh, the parents have figured it out. I was like, oh, what would you like me to do then? Uh, you go in your office and hide if you want. It's like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm gone. <laughs> you don't have to tell me twice. I'm out of here. That's fantastic. I love that. I know. Did you say squishing their cars? Yeah, like, like okay. When you normally stop, there's a gap in between you and the car in front of you, right? So we have to squish them like, come, 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 stop. Come, stop. And get them really close. So that way kids can't walk between them. And that way, if they're close enough, like the only time they can like move out of the lane is when we want them to. Mm. You know, back in my day, we just, you know, rolled out of the car as parents just moving at high speed. They didn't Back even give us a chance day, to stop. We took the bus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm so since we're talking about school, you know, stuff. Um yeah, like I don't know what how how young y'all were. Like times have definitely changed, but like I would like get home and like I'm an only child, so like I would just get home. I'd be like six seven years old be all by myself like i'd walk like maybe a quarter mile from like where my bus stop was just come home watch some cartoons after school do my homework and my parent it would be like two or three hours after getting home before my parents get home did y'all like have a six similar situation? years old six yeah, years man. old oh, yeah, man. no i i yeah. didn't get to start going home like so like we got picked up by a daycare when i was in elementary school and the person who ran the daycare would pick a, bu- a big group of us up, like five, six, seven of us in their mm. big van, drive us back to the daycare, and then we'd be there until our parents came and picked us up. Man. It wasn't until sixth grade when I was allowed, sixth wow. grade, when I was allowed to ride the bus home from school. And yeah, we'd be then home for like at least two hours before my parents got there. Put some pizza rolls in the microwave. Mm-hmm. Well, make sure you get the chicken out and defrost it, right? <laughs> You better get that chicken. It better be defrosted by the time I get home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and nowadays they just call that good old-fashioned child abuse. <laughs> child mm. neglect. Yeah. You left your child home for two hours? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and? Well, it was either that or lose my job, which means lose the house, which means the kid would be out on the street. But, you know, whatever. It's fine. oh i miss those days i miss those days if i wasn't doing that like i might have been like at like um i don't know if it was like called like latchkey everywhere or whatever but it was like you hung out like in the cafeteria for like an hour or two and you got like ice cream sandwiches and you basically got to play recess like until your parents came to get you so it was was one of those two yeah we call that athenaeum at our school Named after the ancient Greek school, right? The Athenaeum. Wow. What kind right? of fancy school are you going to? No, at the school I work at now. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, I went to the same school Chase went to, okay? Well, no. No, I'm Not, talking like, I'm talking okay. pre Michigan, bro. Okay, all right. Yeah, man. Timeline. This is not the time to talk about time. We don't have the time, Eric. We don't have the okay. time. Okay, all right. Yeah, I work at a fancy school now. 
and we call that Athenaeum, where yeah, like that you can just like play games and run on the playground and until your parents can actually come pick you up. Those poor, poor children, when they get out there, they're just going to be bullied so hard. It's like Athenaeum, are you? Did you just cuss at me? Are you making <laughs> fun of me? What'd you call me? What, hmm. What What did you call my mama? Don't you talk about my mama? Oh, okay, no, you people, you have no culture. Cultured swine. <laughs> Cultured swine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you pigs. <laughs> well, I mean, I thought you and you and David, you know, had like this little secret bromance rendezvous last week. You know, where you went and saw like a string quartet together. And you left me out, man. Well, yeah. I mean, he keep he kept using all those big words, and it disturbed my fragile little country brain. Hmm. Just that makes work. Sense. Good guy, you know, just uh, yeah. fancy words. Yeah, fancy words. Yep. <laughs> like defenestrate. That was a good word that someone that one of the fellow teachers used yesterday. He yes. wanted to defenestrate a student. I was like, wait, what does that mean? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I had to oh. think about it for a second. Oh my. Wait, what? <laughs> Ooh. David. Yes. I just wanted been? to yeet him out the window. <laughs> well it is kind of funny we're talking about words because uh one of our uh one of our managers uh, discovered a new word fungible and used it like six times is in that one in email. like the nft thing the fungible no i mean it's, it's just it, they they meant it like uh being multi-skilled or like somebody who can move from position to position but I just laughed because it was like it's clear that they they whipped out their their thesaurus, their thesaurus, and uh, and just like what what word what word can I can I give to the masses today? Fungible. And I'm gonna use it a lot. And, and we we all just looked at each other as like, hmm. So on today's episode of Sesame Street, the word of the day is. Fungible. Other than Pewdie's Playhouse, but it's fine. It's fine. Wow. Wow. Well, speaking of words, this is your red alert. Red alarm. Red alarm. As we as we dive into um, this new episode, this week's episode of Star Trek Discovery, season four, episode eight, Rubicon. And I just have to say, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Otherwise, if you don't really care, keep on listening. I say that every week, pretty much. So I have no idea how many people actually like watch it or listen. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Y'all, up to this point, the first... Actually, was this episode eight? No, this is episode nine. I'm sorry, episode nine. Not eight. Episode nine, Rubicon. Um, now that we are on episode nine, I'm a little disappointed uh, for one reason. This is the first week the streak has been broken, my friends. We don't have the James Bond treatment this week. Like we have the previous eight weeks with the title being, you know, dropped somewhere in the dialogue. Rubicon is not mentioned anywhere in this episode. Kind of breaks my heart a little bit. Well, it's the, you know, it's the the symbolism of the, or the metaphor, whatever the the term, the phrasing is, right? Watch your of, phraseology, you know, sir. Crossing the Rubicon, right? Yeah. Your point of no return. Yeah, but, but still, like, we've done such a good job of 
including the title and the dialogue kind of breaks my heart a little bit man like we had a good thing going with this season right right okay whatever y'all don't care guys i just want to say this was we, we've, we've talked about it in the past but with like the cold opens right like there's no real cold open or whatever like they just do it this was 11 minutes before yeah. the like literally it was right at 11 minutes when, that was with the recap though yeah when the title cards yeah. and the stuff pops up this is a 45 minute episode that was t- freaking 25 percent of the episode right there was just before even the uh, show marches the beat of its own drum chase yeah th- I, this show really doesn't care what people think of it i, I i'm just convinced that these writers and these producers are like we're not listening to anyone like we're gonna make the show that we want to make list like viewers reviewers everybody else be damned <laughs> like honestly i mean yep yeah Well, that being said, we should probably talk about this now. So there's a lot, a lot that happens in the first 11 minutes, and I'm not confident that I'm going to keep everything straight because it just bounced around like a freaking bouncy ball playing wall ball or something. Um, I'll I'll say one thing here before you actually start going into the sequence of events. You know how we always, you know, went had this back and forth with Prodigy about like, all oh, this episode is too sh- you know, felt too short or this episode felt just right and all that stuff this episode for me felt like we were in like some aaron sorkin rapid fire just thing after thing after thing after thing after thing after thing and it really really grated on me a bit mm. it was like it, it, it points that there was just this um this weird heavy handedness that for whatever reason just made it feel like very, very fast, very fast for me. Okay. I didn't feel that way. I definitely felt the heavy handedness, right? Um, I didn't necessarily feel that this episode moved at like a super fast pace. I, if, since we're talking about pacing right now, which is fine. Um, I'm kind of with you, David with, um, like how fast it was kind of coming and then there was the point and mind you it was like towards the end but it was when we were trying to um calm things down essentially that i just felt like we kind of pulled the e-brake and it just like was a snail's pace to the end pretty much yeah i mean basically when when michael has to make her eventual decision here you know we always have the decision that's where it was just like it was so Bang, 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 bang. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that's that's where it started to just kind of get to me a bit. Mm-hmm. Not not knocking it the episode already or anything. It just it was just different. It felt a lot different. Yes, you not are. You're knocking the episode already. <laughs> like I mean <laughs> later. That means later, later he's gonna really like tear this thing apart. <laughs> oh, I don't know. He's got he's always gotta outdo me from last week for crying out loud. <laughs> I mean, anyway, so yeah. What was Uh, the first thing that happened in this episode? The recap. Well, uh, after the (laughs) recap. (laughs) You're welcome, Eric. (laughs) Welcome to These Are The Voyages. 
<laughs> I'm the captain. Captain Sarcasm. I mean, we, we started out, wasn't it Book and, and Tarka? Yeah. I, yeah. What, yeah, it was Book and Tarka. Yep. Making making the weapon. They're baking a cake, everyone. They're baking. Is there enough in is there enough in there? Yeah, there's enough in there. <laughs> they're just they're just pouring this stuff just into another into a smaller ball and putting it in the I know, like right ball. out with like no it's like a dangerous substance and they're not using any type of protection or any type of fancy they're, equipment. They're, they're just, just like pour. pouring it like you would pour yeah. water into a funnel or something. They're, they're just pouring <laughs> some canar in it, you know. That's all it was. I, it's just canar. Okay. I had a good laugh whenever, like, so Book is, like, pouring, like, you know, the pepper seeds or whatever into the thing. And Tarka is, like, holding it, like, with freaking tongs that don't even look like it's going to be secure. And he's like, <laughs> be careful. I'm like, do you not see yourself, bro? Do you not see yourself? Like, you could drop that sucker anytime. Like, and then, like, he starts to. Like, whenever he puts it, like, on the little pedestal thing. Like, really? Come on, like you are a terrible scientist if you're not even taking the basic protective <laughs> measures. <laughs> Good grief. You're making a giant bomb. Let's not explode <laughs> ourselves today. Yeah. I like to live dangerously. <laughs> I've been working on this plan for ten years, right? <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah. Couldn't have bought a better pair of tongs. Got it. Yep. I just went to Book's kitchen and found these. <laughs> Seriously. That was pretty, pretty terrible. The tongs, man. <laughs> Be careful, book. Be careful. Don't spill the beans. <laughs> Bro. Okay, so we're pouring the, you know, the 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 peppercorn in there, the the peppers, the whatever's, the seeds, the isolinium in there. And um, yeah, everything's gonna work. Yeah, we got enough. And I was thinking of um, of Eric, like whenever um, last season we were talking about like all the upgrades to the ship and it was like, do we really need this stuff? Hell yeah, we do. Was, <laughs> yeah, like, I know that was, all, that was like what Bryce said. <laughs> Hell yeah. And I just heard Eric saying, and saying that and having a good giggle. Anyway, no more laughter. This is a fun free zone, by the way. Okay. No more laughter. Um. Yeah. So we're built. We're we're baking a cake. We're a very explosive cake. And um. Anyway, apparently their uh, book and um, Burnham are on speaking terms. They're they're sending each other like little emails, little little FaceTime things. Like, hey, how you doing? Little little I paper realize, notes with hearts on them. I didn't realize you could like just hail people across like space. You could like send them a message, but like. Well, I've been hailing him, but he's not answering. Wasn't a hail like a short, short range thing? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we won't talk about the Pathfinder project, you know, like sending stuff across, you know, quadrants, but yeah. that, that's fine. It's fine. Yeah. But anyway, like Burnham had apparently sent book all the information of uh, what they found at the end. Like, hey, this thing's not a weapon. It's it's like a it's a mining piece of equipment. And that should change your mind. There's no malicious. There's no malicious intent here, right? So you got to stop building your bomb. I really thought no. that would change. I really thought that would change his view. I'm I so didn't, disappointed in him. 
I didn't like that personally because it, it's the out, right? It's it's the characters out when they make a big mistake. It's like, I didn't know. But at this point, he clearly knows and he's clearly making decisions that go against right. pretty much everything he's kind of done up to that point, I suppose. I mean, granted, he lost his planet. I get it. But I, I just, I kind of... I don't know. I'm not a writer. It just seemed a little bit strange, strange mm-hmm. placement in the story. Can well, be. I mean, they have. I think that they're just they're doing whatever they can to drive the wedge in between Book and Burnham. But clearly, I mean, what we see like later on, like, I mean, Book doesn't even want that. I mean, everything's just like misguided for the most part. So. Like, I don't really know if, like, how well the wedge driving really works in this episode when the wedge driving is more Tarka that's doing it than anyone else. But more about him later. Um, so, yeah, we have, like, we have, like, our little secret hologram rendezvous. Um, I love you, Michael, with their little hologram pillow talk and everything. Well, Saru's there, too, so. Yeah. But like, like it seemed like it was gonna... it seemed like it was just pre-recorded. Like that's it was, just, it was yeah. And Saru's like, you know, thought that like he said, like I really thought that would make a difference. No, no, bro, no. It's like, listen, Saru, I'm gonna have to ask you to leave now. Why, Michael? Uh, this is a personal section of this message. Just, uh, just mm. get out of here. Mm-hmm. This is in my secure folder. And continuing on with um, our good old fly, um, flying by the seat of our pants, um, 11 minute intro pre-titles, we have a little meeting with Vancey Vance, the Dadmiral. Like, okay, okay. Stop me here because- Eric, stop. Burnham is like, am I not going on, gonna lead this mission to catch book? Like. No, I convinced President Tarina that you're going to, and I I told her that you've never let me down before. Like, (laughs) excuse me? Like, did you just forget (laughs) what she did in the last season? Mm -hmm. She's never let you down before? Like, where the heck did that come from? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Here's a you know, kind of a mild pepper of a take, not quite spicy enough. Um, so we're totally going to kill this Admiral, right? Like this season, like he's, he's, he's going to bite. Yes. Admiral Vance. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Oh yeah. We're totally going to kill this guy. He is totally going to be sacrificed at some point because they're setting up all these fields and stuff, you know, like, uh, who is who is Archer the the admiral in uh, in Enterprise? Uh, admiral uh, Forrest. Forrest. Forrest, yeah. So eventually yeah. they sacrificed him too, and you got all the feels, but they actually had a real relationship. Anyway, so you're the best. You're just like you're you're just the best I've ever. Uh, you're the best captain, and you never do anything wrong. And this is kind of a bit of that heavy handedness that I was talking about early on. But like I, I just I feel like we're setting this guy up to like maybe the the DMA like jumps and like I don't know destroys the where he's at or something. I just feel yeah, like okay. I just feel like talking Admiral's about his family. We're talking about his family yeah, and how he's got his know, family yeah. with him. Okay, personal family back. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think of that before, but I mean, and I can, I can totally see it. We're 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 gonna we're gonna see him die with the last word saying, "Burnham, you were like a daughter to me." Yeah, I just I mean, come on. I just I just when I heard this, you could like when I watched this scene, you could like hear my eyes roll. Like I think I killed I think I me. killed Chase. <laughs> Take it back, David. <laughs> you see it happening. <laughs> it's in your head. <laughs> oh boy. No, but then like then like he's like, You're too close to this situation. You're you might not be able to do the, the do the thing that's necessary at the end, right? He's like, so I'm assigning someone to your ship. And he's like, that's, she's Burns like, that's Saru's job. Like, if the captain can't do it, the first officer who used to be the captain of this ship is the guy that does it. And he's like, I know, but Saru is close to book as well. And I'm like, no, he's not. Wait, what? Like, who are you? Where <laughs> were you paying any attention? Because, like, Saru and book have had like two, two, like, said two words to each to each other like they're not close unless it happened during the gap between like it couldn't even have happened <laughs> One between year. the gap between seasons three and four because through wasn't even on the ship like <laughs> these two had like almost no interaction they're like brothers they've been through so much listen listen look 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 at me look at me the plot demands it, my friend. <laughs> no, but like, but then it really doesn't. Cause like I'm bringing in a special person from Starfleet security and we all saw this cause we all saw the trailers, right? Okay. Like why spoil this? If yeah, you're trying like to make it like this big moment, why, why let us know that, that this character is coming back in the previews, in the, in all the screen caps. I was thinking the same thing. Like, why, why, why was this a a ready room preview? Like, why was this all over the place that Nan was going to be there when it, we could have when we could have like like we were like all three of us were like pretty upset. I'm pretty sure that Nan left um, in season three, and we like really liked her character. Like, can you imagine like how excited we would have been and like how that could have potentially like reshaped like some of the comments we might be making about even tonight had mm -hmm. we had the satisfaction of just seeing her come on screen and not expect her. Yeah. That, that happens. That happens all the time. I, I went and saw that death on the Nile movie. Cause I, I like Agatha Christie. Um, so I went and saw that. And one of the previews was for the uncharted movie. And the entire preview was like the movie It's like, well, no, I don't even need to see the movie. Cause I already know what it's going to do. So, yeah, yeah I have thoughts like, about like, that. Here's the thing with like, 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 I don't even know if I liked Commander Nan because I don't feel like she was a big enough character. Like they put Rachel Ann Cheryl in the opening credits last season for her to be there for two episodes, which made mm. no sense to me at the time. I was like, oh, I was excited when they put when I first saw her in the opening credits. And then, you know, she was gone. But like, oh, my God, Commander Nan, you're back. It's so great to see you. Wasn't she on Discovery for like a week? Like, I mean, like they all know each other so well. <laughs> I mean, family. I mean, she was. I mean, yeah, okay. She's did 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 when 
when Captain Pike left the Enterprise to take over Discovery in season two, did Nan stay with him the whole time? Or did she just like come over at the beginning, leave, go back to the Enterprise, and then come back to Discovery like toward the final battle at the end? She wasn't there the whole time, was she? I don't even remember. This is how like not memorable this character is. Like even I don't remember. Yeah, the, the only thing know about her is you know that I, I think I think could latch on to because of the whole chain of command sort of uh, discussions we've had. You know, she was a, a three pip like full commander, and the thing is, is like you know now everybody's a lieutenant commander and all that good stuff. But like you have a a full commander who could be a legitimate first officer, and then you know if we were allowed to have character development in the show. Um, you know, we, we sort of talked about it in this episode with like non, uh, what is her thing? Like duty over everything or something basically duty like that. Mm-hmm. So the whole thing is, is like, she could be a foil for Burnham who has been traditionally rule breaking where now you have a first officer that you have a little bit of a headbutt with that could have been an interesting dynamic maybe, or it could have been super annoying. I don't really know, but you, but you're right, Eric, we, we didn't really see a ton of her. It was just one of those things where it's like, I just wanted to see a full commander being first officer on here. And then let's see how that, how that dynamic works out, but didn't have a chance. Right. Right. She would have been a good person to take over the first officer job last season instead of Ensign first officer Tilly. Mother of Dragons, first of her name. Yeah. 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 Anyway, I mean, I, I mean, yeah, it was good to see her, but I wasn't like, oh my God, Commander Non is back. Like, okay, she's back. Whatever. <laughs> well, she's she's got a new breather, and you see her eyes, you know. Mm-hmm. So she's all futurized. That's cool. Yep, just like everything futurized. Wonder if she can like tap a button and make the the breathers go away. Now you're just kidding. This is crazy talk. Put like little mini cloaking devices on them just to get super fancy. That's right. Because like that's it. Yeah, just just get rid of the breathers. Like why? Why? why, Just put a cloaking. Yeah, put a cloaking device on it. Just. Okay, can we talk about cloaking devices for a second? Yeah, wasn't there like when the heck deal? did the discovery get a cloaking device? Like now, just like spraying that on us all of a sudden, like engage the cloak, and I'm like, cloak, like cloak. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Starfleet ships don't have cloaks. Discovery <sighs> definitely doesn't. There was like a treaty, like once upon a time. Yeah, but I mean that was like 800 years ago. At this point, who knows if that's still valid? We haven't heard any. I mean, the Romulans, we do, we haven't heard anything about the Romulans. The Romulan Star Empire doesn't exist anymore, does it? So that treaty is probably gone. Yep. It's like, oh, it'd be a shame if you were all just disintegrated and then we could use cloaking. Oh, it happened. <laughs> I manifested it. No. It would be a shame if your son just blew. Oh, wait, sorry. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> There's just one guy in Starfleet intelligence who thought that and then felt really bad afterwards. Ooh. Yeah, Ooh, manifested. Like, like, I am magic. Their discovery never had a cloak until this episode, did it? Never even no. any mention of installing one or the Federation's allowed to have them. Maybe it was part and of the like, refit. 
bookship has a cloak too? Like that? When did we ever hear about that? Details. I mean, details are important. Are I think, they? Hmm. I think the cloak was uh, was part of the refit when it became the the Discovery A. Well, well, tell us about that then. They just did. Just give us a montage. <laughs> just give us a montage of like, of like, hey, we're gonna test out the ship now that we got all the upgrades, and one of them is the cool cloaking device. Hey, you know, I, sometimes this show does corny stuff, right? They could have totally had like a full like '80s footloose montage in here, just as they're running through the the specs. That, like people are beaming back and forth, and they're, you know, just doing all that. Never mind. I would. Can, Yes, I'm okay with a with an '80s Footloose montage. Come on, somebody, make it so. Oh, and then they have to jump to book, and and when Burnham says here, like, "Let's fly" at this moment, it just it was, was so like defeating. cringe. It was like cringeworthy when she said it right here, like "Black Alert." Let's fly. Let's fly. Like, oh, oh why didn't you say that? Yes. It's like Picard saying. Make it so. Like it just seemed defeated already. Like, all right, here we go, guys. We got a case of the Mondays. Let's fly. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, you're you're jumping ahead of the additional cringe. Oh, we have God. we have some interspecies meditation. Oh, God, yeah. This scene, come on, like. <laughs> no, I just want to. I just want to point out we haven't even hit the title cards, the opening <laughs> credits yet. We can we can fast forward through some stuff later. <laughs> yeah, Saru this, wants this to meditate, was, man. Uh, this scene was awful. I'm sorry. Like <laughs> everything about this scene was just awful for me. Maybe it wasn't for you, but I'm like, Saru, his gardening does not help him. Well, let's just let's just let's just call up the president of some planet who's going to drop whatever they're doing to help me meditate. <laughs> Saru's got game, man. He's got game. And then she's like, maybe we should get together and meditate sometime. Wink, yeah. wink, wink. <laughs> maybe have some dinner. <laughs> yeah. It might be some candles. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's make I'll some thread ganglia it. soup. <laughs> I'll think about it. I'll think about it. It'll oh. just be the two of us. Yeah. Wink, wink. <laughs> you can stay at my. Never mind. I'm gone. You know. You know what I was. Um, do y'all ever, ever watch um, Dexter's Laboratory by chance? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, a little bit. I just had like a little bit of like a DD vibe kind of going on when this was going on, or was it DD? Was it even Dexter? Like what you do? No, Phineas and Ferb is where basically came from. But what you doing? Like is kind of like what I was like picking up with, uh, like Saru and Tarian just up out of nowhere. And like, look, I know that. Like, anyway, I know that it's Navarre and like they have like the Vulcan and the Romulan stuff like all together. But like, I was just a little weirded out. Like they're like touching hands. I'm like, are you really about to do like a across the galaxy? like mind meld or something like that like that was kind of weird like for me that was just weird watching that would it would it be like a patrick swayze and ghost you know he's not, she's not really there but 
they could wow. just do some pottery together, you know. That's Cross spatial pottery. You want to do some pottery? We can get some pot and joy later. Yeah. <laughs> I'll make you a pot for your very own potted plant on your desert planet. It'll be great. Yeah, yeah. Hey, but but hey, we got bridge crew. Yeah, and we had and um, the bridge. Hey, bridge crew talking about how like oh just openly like shoot I I joined book I I wish I could be book right now doing that thing breaking the law you don't know him you don't know what he's been through okay Kun's catchphrase was back by the way damn. Damn. <laughs> Apparently that's is that what she she's just gonna say? Like I don't know. Roll credits, come on. Like <laughs> let's, let's fly, guys. Let's I don't think Detmer even got a line here, did she? No, she's got a look. Yeah. She, she got to look a, at oh wow. Lines later. Smolder girl, smolder. Do blue steel. Do blue steel. No, all right, all right, all right. Okay. Black alert. Let's fly. No. Roll credits. No, black Jump alert. To... Activate cloak. Okay. Let's fly. Roll credits. Let then we show up right outside of the little rogue planet that Book and Tark are hiding in, and they're like, "We can't beam in there, but we got a plan. We got a plan, right? We're gonna go on a commando. We're gonna send a seven foot tall Kelpian <laughs> on a commando mission." <laughs> right, right. We're gonna send one of our giant shuttles <laughs> with our most giant of man. <sighs> I'm telling you, okay, like this this shuttle is just like weird looking for me. Yeah, it really is. It, it just it does not it looks fit. like a bean. <laughs> yeah. No, like in all seriousness, like this does not look like a Discovery shuttlecraft. Like. This doesn't look like a Star Trek shuttlecraft. This looks like something straight up out the Orville. I said that last time. I'm going to keep saying it until we get some new looking shuttlecraft. Like this, seriously, go watch the Orville. You will see what I'm talking about. If you haven't watched it, amazing show. I can't wait for it to come back, by the way. No, March but 10th. even before we go on our on our mission, we like, we got we got a briefing. I love a good briefing. Good brief. We're not sitting down. We're standing up. We got to get some chairs in the future, right? <laughs> Look, I get some chairs. <laughs> That's where a man sit your... stand desks, dude. You got it's 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 better to stand. Yeah, okay. Anyway, anyway, we got a plan. We're gonna infiltrate the ship. We can't beam over there, but we got a cloak. We can get around their sensors. We'll be on there before you know it. Um, Burnham, you can't lead this mission. No, I know. No crap, I can't. I'm the captain. I'm not supposed to leave the ship, right? Saru's gonna go. And then he's like, it's going to take Bryce, it's going to take Reese, and it's going to take Colbert. I'm like, the, sh- what? the show is making such a big deal out of, like, bridge crew going on an away mission. Like, it- the show shouldn't be making such a big deal out of the bridge crew going on missions. That should be, like, the norm. Like, yeah. hey, bridge crew's on a mission, right? Look, they're going because that's what they're supposed to do. But they're like, this show's making, look at what we're doing. We're sending two bridge crew people on this away mission. Yeah, we're doing look at us. Star Trek and Star Trek. I know, yeah. right? Look how cool this is. 
Yeah, it was, it was it was it was always so casual, you know. Riker like Jordy Data, you know, and, and they just go. Yeah, right. Yeah, it, it it is. It's a weird deal in this show. And then like Doctor Culver's going too, and this is where the part I think David was talking about. Maybe the episode was a little heavy handed at some points, and I, I thought this this scene to me was a little heavy handed. They're like Doctor Culver is going to de-escalate the situation. Right, he's going to talk them down, and the whole thing just like to me was like this like idea of like when the police show up, we need somebody there to de-escalate the situation, right? We're not sending police, right? We're going to send social workers or or mental health counselors instead, and not that that's a bad idea, sure. right? But at some point, you need to send trained police officers and not just people that like you know, aren't trained. And I, I don't know, to me, it felt like, like a very heavy handed thing to, to say this, like specifically to use the phrase, he's there to de-escalate the situation, which is exactly the phrasing that a lot of politicians who have been pushing this defund the police movement have used. Well, it, you know, we had missions where like, say Dr. Crusher went on a, a mission. Or Deanna went on a mission. I mean, it just depends on the specialty. So they just did the function to which they were an expert in. Right. You know, I, I like Culber. You know, I, I think uh, he's been one of the, the better spots for me in, in Discovery. Um, but yeah, that, that wasn't quite what it's like. We'll get to that eventually. But no, I, I do. I understand what you're saying there. Um, it was it was just really poignant emphasis on why he's going. Well, he's a doctor first and foremost. Sometimes you need a doctor on a mission. Uh, he is a, I guess, a psychiatrist now. I I don't know about the qualifications for that, but okay, fine. Shunt that out the window. Sure. Yeah, and you could provide de-escalation. But my only thought was, um, so let's say you get in there, you're boarding which is technically a hostile act when you think about it because you're forcing entry into another ship so what's he gonna do i mean these guys are gonna have to probably or at least it would have been prudent phasers drawn more than likely so what's culver he's gonna stand in the middle whoa whoa whoa, guys uh like let's talk about this i i don't know i don't know what the the uh, heck if you really think about it who's had I don't know who's had like the better sort of story development friendship Stamets. So Stamets could have actually probably, if you think about it, could have maybe got to book a little better. I mean, Colbert had his little sand thing, which was cool, but like Stamets and them, they were like kind of becoming bros, you know, they were, they were doing bro stuff. So that would have been, I don't know. I know he's, Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, that would have been my choice, but that's just me. Yeah, I guess I hadn't really thought about that, like the, the Culber thing too much, but yeah, like to your point, Eric, like with like the, like the, like any of the trauma stuff or the, the reactionary stuff, like I'm trained in that kind of stuff, but I don't even want to do that crap. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I really don't. Um, I mean, you don't just like go in like the thing about like trauma, trauma stuff is 
like you wait well after stuff has happened before you even go in and, and do anything in most in most cases so i mean i kind of understand like the decision to go i kind of don't at the same time um but like i'm with you david like culber is like the character uh of the crew that like, i enjoy probably the most out of all of them um and he's not even the chief medical officer what's up with that anyway i'm still convinced i don't know did, did we ever confirm if uh, dr pollard actually went out an airlock at one point no i don't think so Okay. She'll pop up again. I mean, we mentioned Reno in this. I don't. We yeah, didn't see her. I was, her, like, I was looking her. for the Reno like cameo. Didn't happen. No. Just the name. Just the name drop. Just a good old fashioned name drop, guys. Just a good old fashioned name drop. Um. You know, we really shouldn't compare other people's pain. Like with all these like fisticuff or this argument thing. Yeah, you, that, you don't. You don't. When you're going on this mission. If you're a professional, like I know you, the Starfleet is not a military organization, but you've got military training. You, when you're going on a mission, you don't talk like this. No. You, no, you. This is just inappropriate on all levels. Highly. To talk like this, like literally right in front of the captain. I know he's he's not the captain anymore, but he's still a captain. He yeah, used yeah. to be the captain of this ship. It's just like. You don't talk like this on a mission. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, the, the only thing I would say to that is, like, in the original series, though, sometimes you had, like, little outbursts from, you know, maybe, like, Chekhov or something like that. It, it wasn't, like, every episode or every other episode. But, I mean, there were times when, like, Bridge Crew kind of voiced differing opinions, you know? at times so i mean i obviously in the scope of like realism no you wouldn't want to see that you probably wouldn't see it but sometimes there there has been that historically a little bit it might be a little stretchy but it... yeah well anyway yeah like we like let's let's just calm the heck down guys and um no, we can't because the ship's under attack by things. Yeah, yeah something some, is some, on our ship, on our yeah. shuttle. Yeah, so this this is where we, I think we need to like kind of speed some things up just a little bit. Yeah. Um, so we, we're on this mission, and the point is that we're trying to be very covert, get in, get the stuff, get the heck out of Dodge before crazy stuff happens. We, we get really close. We get in like this very, very close proximity of book ship and michael's told us like some specs some ideas of like what to expect and oh by the way tarka while they were just you know flying about just gave the ship an upgrade without telling book anything and book is all sorts of confused but what these alarms are going off that the discovery shuttlecraft unbeknownst to them are setting off and um honestly like they didn't show us at first like what it was um that was happening so like my imagination was kind of going wild and i was like kind of thinking um like doc ock type arms were like like grabbing onto it like it was like you know holding the shuttlecraft down and then of course we see like this it was like nanotech or something yeah this nanotech basically creeping that, up the side of the ship 
yeah. that was just all consuming this thing. And um, it's automated and you, you couldn't do anything about it. Couldn't, it's gonna couldn't kill stop it. it. Of course. There's no kills, no kill switch. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll no be honest switch. because you, you heard the ticking on the hall. I was like, oh, sick. We're going to get like laser spiders or something like that. <laughs> this will be awesome. Uh, no, nah, it's just like nano goo. <sighs> you win again, nano goo. Um, so we think that like that, well, we know that they're like, um, in, in danger and we got to figure out how we can get them out. And so like all this stuff is happening so fast and, um, just, we finally get essentially a lock and we're able to just get them, get like the crew out of there and back aboard discovery. And from here, we start having more conversations of like, what the heck are you doing? Burn them. Like I have every right to pull you from this and we got to figure out what to do next. And, um, you know, this conversation like is just evolving more and more and more about, um, you wouldn't leave until, um, like, uh, what was it? Like you, you've, um, made every attempt or something like that. I forget how exactly it was phrased. Um, and which sparks this interest in terms of like having Stamets and Zora eventually look into something that can maybe turn the tide, so to speak, um, which leads to like Boronite and how much longer this anomaly is going to be in this area, essentially. This is actually more what I was talking about because we have this constant back and forth where it's like, uh, I'm doing this. No, you need to do this. Why aren't you doing this? No, I'm going to do this. And then it, it just, it became this, annoy it to me it annoyed the hell out of me it was this annoying back and forth where non is basically telling i mean because we even have a, a basically a, a plan here where uh, what was it weren't they just like firing a torpedo it is yeah but they were going to shoot it at the like the spore drive and somehow yeah. because of the upgrade it was a vulnerability that they could blow up the ship yeah he, he had about a two meter uh vent hole it's not much bigger than a womp rat but anyway um yeah it, it, this was the thing it's like i understand you know non's pr perspective she's effectively under admir admiralty orders it's like you can relieve burnham at any time if she's not fulfilling the mission burnham's like well but i the love him you taking my ship yeah but it, it was it was this back and forth that just got a little bit it nettled me a little bit too much it was growing very tiresome for me. Like just like the constant, like back and forth of like, Hey, by the way, you're kind of sucking at this. You need to do better. And I have every right to, you know, take over right now. Um, so we, we have the, we have the quackulations that are going on and we, ha we still have like this annoyance of like, Hey, Hey, I need to take over type of thing. Essentially that's, that's underneath all this. And, at some point along the way, like we finally, um, and if, if I'm going too far, Eric or David, just stop. You're me. not just keep going. <laughs> yeah, just keep going. Um, like I just need him to see me and we can make this happen. And, um, we finally figure out like how long this thing is going to be there. The DMA is going to be there for like what? 154 hours, yeah. which is so just shy of like seven days, just shy yeah. of a week. Yeah. Um, and oh by the way there's that middle ground that you're looking for book let me tell you all about it bud oh boy okay. the middle well, ground like, yeah can, can can we can we can we like i do want to track back a little bit right 
Okay. So we were doing so well. I know, but like, no, this is this is really important. And I really need to talk about this because when Book is like, oh, they tried to board my ship, and then he jumps out of there, right? Jump. And then they're like, well, we know he's going to the DMA, so we're gonna jump ahead of him. And they jump in, they jump right into the middle of it. And like, we know he's going to the control device. Let's find the control device first. And then there's like this little chase where they're like, we're going to jump in front of you. No, we're going to jump in front of you. We're going to jump, 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 jump. But like, we have literally had two episodes that have been basically like, we're going to go inside the DMA to, to see what it's like inside of there. And on the very first episode, like, we can't jump inside of it, right? It's it's we just we can't do it. We just we cannot jump inside of it. So we have to try to take the ship in, but we can't do that. So we got to take the shuttlecraft in, right? In front of it. And then we literally had another episode called Stormy Weather. Like literally Stormy Weather was the name of the episode because it was too rough inside of here. And we couldn't navigate. We didn't know where we were going. We couldn't just, you know, set a reciprocal course and get out. And now here we are inside of this, perfectly calm. Calm seas, right? Sailor's delight, calm. We can jump wherever we want. We can play a little cat and mouse, like hide and go seek game inside of here. Everything is all hunky dory. We spent two full episodes, two full episodes about exploring the inside of here and now we're just like yeah none of that's important that bothered the heck out of me i'm i'm just sorry like you you gotta keep at least some continuity is this a dangerous to be inside of here or not because it didn't look dangerous at all plot 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 plot. but the plot has to make sense when, honestly, Eric, you literally like, spent two whole episodes telling us how dangerous it was inside of this thing, and now here you're spending an entire episode inside of it, and it's not dangerous at all. Right. Yeah. True story. You know what this reminded me of? Um, if I'm getting the movie right, this reminded me of like the, um like the cat and mouse game that I believe the Enterprise was playing with uh, was it General Chang in Undiscovered Country. Where he's got his cloaked ship that can fire torpedoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought you were going to say in, in Wrath of Khan where they're kind of like in, well, that that little, too. in that little nebula outside the Genesis planet. I was, yeah, I was thinking of Wrath of Khan and Undiscovered Country uh, with both of them. Uh, playing that little cat and mouse game, especially like that first shot, like with how clear everything looked, like how pretty it looked, it just looked like a, like a beautiful little like morning, you know, sunrise type of thing or something like that. Anyway. Okay, so since we're talking about middle ground, this was driving me nuts. Like, how often are we going to mention middle ground in this episode? Um, it was very on the nose with the whole middle ground thing with this episode. And one thing that I want to say, I want to give, I do want to give some credit to discovery, like with season four and what they've been doing. 
I've I have for the most part enjoyed the idea of middle ground as a theme or compromise or whatever as a type of theme this season um, especially like with the mental health stuff that's been thrown in as well I like that but this was just too much for me uh, where they went from like the what, what did um, Akiva Goldsman call it like at Star Trek Day like the, the O. Henry moment type of thing where it went from like an O. Henry to just a straight up like bonky on the head um, this week with just like middle ground, middle ground, middle ground, middle ground. Uh, it was yeah. just becoming very tiresome for me. And um, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a heavy handed show. They, they don't have the, the nuance or the subtlety uh, in the writing to bring these themes to life. You know, it, it, it just doesn't have that kind of writing to it. And I mean, we've seen that over, over and over again though sure um along the way through this stuff um we see we see this like uh conflict um with with book where like on the one hand you know he's he's wanting to avenge like his planet and and everything that was lost um episode one for crying out loud but at the same time like he he cares about Burnham and by extension like the Discovery crew and doesn't want harm to come to them. So he's he's caught between like doing doing the right thing versus what he thinks is, is right or vice versa, whatever. Doesn't matter. And through all that, um we have Tarka who's just like really poking the bear every single time, just not listening to book at all, really. Um like firing a full spread of torpedoes uh, at one point. And then of course, what happens towards the end after this compromise, this middle ground is reached uh, based on what data uh, is presented by Burnham with like, oh, by the way, this thing's gonna be here for seven days. Just hang out with us. And if we can't resolve it, then okay, we'll take a different route. And he's willing to listen and actually go with that. And Tark is like, screw you, dude. Boom, boom, boom. Let's blow this crap up. And that's it. Yep. The only thing I'll say is that, you know, you know how we had kind of been talking about like Tarka being this like a uh, tweedly mustache, like mm-hmm. vaudeville and, you know, villain. Uh, he, he really, he really wasn't though. He, it, to me, he didn't really come off as that again. It just sort of still seems more like broken person trying to get wherever the heck he's going. Whereas, you know, I kind of like sneaky little villains sometimes, you know, just a little sneaker there. Mm-hmm. And he, he's, he's just not putting off those vibes to me. But yeah. again, but just one more quickie. Um, that <clears throat> is the sort of uh, Burnham and book connection, though, because they're both getting nettled. They're both getting nettled by the little voice on their shoulder. And like, I understand, <clears throat> I understand the writing element of that super annoying sure sure (laughs) um so this is the part that's going to really annoy eric but the fact that the weapon's been launched by the way and we got to get the heck out of there real quick we have to get outside of the dma real quick so we're gonna just jump just jump, man. Just like just I jump. Mean, just go ahead and jump. We had to. We all had to go into the pattern buffer of the transporter because it was a dangerous trip out. 
right? And Zora had to sing and comfort comfort Burnham because it was so dangerous. But nope, let's just jump out. Because why not? You okay, Eric? I, 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 I just... Uh, just, uh. just do the thing, man. I mean, no, just do it. You can't just do the thing, though. If you could just <laughs> do the thing, two whole episodes would have been over in five minutes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Launch the weapon like he does some game says some game theory thing, whatever. Like you know, Chase before was like, you have to explain that to me. I'm not a game theorist. I don't know. I just <laughs> you know ga- math. games. Yeah, and then hey, the weapon works. It collapses the DMA. Right, no more DMA. Right, it's gone. The threat's gone. It no is more gone. DMA for now, but. We got to control. We got to find the control device because that all of this was for Tarka was about finding that control device so he could get home to some parallel universe. Right. Right. That's right. But I'm looking for it. I'm looking for it. I can't find it. You know, I've been planning this for 10 years. Right. I've been trying to build a build some device that'll rip through time, rip through space. I've been planning this for 10 years. Here's my chance. I'm going to do it. But in 10 years, I never once considered or never even even since this DMA came, I never considered that the power source might not be inside this DMA, but it might be on the other end. Like, how could if you're the best scientist the Federation has, how can you not even consider the possibility that the power source is somewhere else rather than just inside of the device? Ooh, call angry. on me. Call on me. Oh, David, David. Because he's stupid. <laughs> he's the best scientist the Federation has, right? Uh, so yeah, well, I didn't really even think about this until I watched the episode. So there's this controller device inside this thing. And he what I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot a bomb at it. I mean, well, he's he said that his bomb was specifically designed not to destroy the control device. It's a bomb. (laughs) It's a targeted bomb. It's a bomb. (laughs) Anyway. Yep. But the control device is on the other end of the wormhole, right? It's not inside the DMA. So for Tarko, all of this was for naught. Sorry, Tarka. Sorry, buddy. Hey, but you know, we had just enough time to have a good heart to heart with Burnham and Nan, though. That's true. Like, how many of your team members did you save? Oh, yeah, you're really cool. Now you're really cool, too. Just like, trust me, bro. I'm going out in a shuttle. Sick. 115. I did like this, though. I, I like this um, this thing that. Um, this thing that, that Burnham said, and I do want to point this out, um, where she says right after that, like not too long ago, I made a choice that saved lives too. In the process, I lost others. As leaders, we see success or failure, right or wrong, but it's never that binary. Nothing is. There's a middle ground here. And I, so there we go. And I know that I can get booked to see it. So there's that middle ground thing popping up again. But as leaders, we see success or failure, right or wrong, but it's never that binary. I, I like that. 
I like that. Like we actually have some like good thoughts coming through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, and um anyway, so uh we're we're almost at the end. We're like mere seconds away from this thing wrapping up and uh good old Saru and Burnham are having a little little talky talk and they end up on the bridgey bridge and um they they show the view screen and what do you know guys there's another DMA done cool dun, dun. <clears throat> yep, roll yep. credits whatever whatever we just have whatever just happened the federation just made first contact that's right that's right of course who knows this might have been such an insignificant thing to this race of people they could have just been like ah our our thing broke ah send another one in it's fine we are strong we we, we break drill bits all the time it's all good just put another one in there <laughs> that's it for the episode guys that's it Ooh, yay. yay this episode ended did anyone watch the uh, I mean, the ready we did, room? We did scene? skip. We did skip one scene, but whatever. The Saru and Culver, right? I'm going to. Oh save yeah. Her. I'm going to yeah. say. How do I turn her down? <laughs> More cringe, Saru. Quite frankly, you're being an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> like, Just do ask, it, bro. Ask her out, dude. Just ask the president of the planet out. It'll be fine. I was thinking about this and like y'all know I like Culber, okay? Like let's just put that out there. I like Culber. But like he's just got like a normie, right? Like he's just dating a normie. Right? Like he's he's married to whatever a normie. But we're talking about freaking ambassador. We're talking about two high profile political figures. That would be like watching like like royal family from like the United Kingdom like trying to be in a relationship with some other royal figure from another nation like come on like it's not that easy just to be like or or a prince and an actress oh anyway grace grace kelly yeah oh my my my. (laughs) okay any other any other stuff before we move into the evaluation stuff let's wrap it up let's wrap this up guys all right we spent we spent 40 minutes on the opening opening act one and 20 minutes on the rest. <laughs> sounds about right. <laughs> that sounds about right. Oh, Lord have mercy. Okay, so let's move into the Delta. So this is your first time listening. Uh, Delta is where we look at the different divisions of Starfleet, um, uh, command, science, and um, uh, engineering and operations, and uh, seeing how well they were represented in this episode. So um, Eric, why don't you kick us off? I mean, I still don't think we're doing engineering. Or, I mean, not really. Um, there's some science. We're, you know, we're like, there's this bomb. We're built. We built the bomb very poorly, right? We used it. It worked. It the 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 science device did what it was supposed to do, right? It destroyed the DMA. So, like, yay for science there, right? Um, mm-hmm. Science created another bomb. <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I, 
we had I don't know like I'm trying here to find stuff uh I, I I don't know. Somebody help me here, because I I don't I can't find any of these things in this episode. Like, I can squint to find science. Um, we said the word engineering, right? Burnham got on her her com. It was like engineering, come in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we said the word engineering. Uh I wasn't in love with um, Admiral Vance this episode. I don't think. I mean, I don't know what he was what he remembered if he's got like a brain fart or whatever but probably burnham didn't impress me this episode i really don't think um it was just non non had one job and she failed at it her job was to stop the the bomb from being shot at the dma she didn't do it right so she failed in her job so like i'm just struggling here to find any of these things Okay, so we got science for Eric. Got it. Yep. So, so what you're saying, Eric, is this was Nan's Kobayashi Maru? Ooh. Was it? Was it not a not winnable situation? Just, just, just like that. She could have. She could have taken over sooner and said, "Shoot the thing." Didn't happen. Shoot the boomerang ship. Let's go. Okay. All right. All right, David, what's your Delta rating, man? Um, so, I mean, yeah, there's there's obviously science going on. I would also argue that um, creating the bomb could also be technically considered engineering in a way because you are engineering a bomb. Um, the only other thing I'd point out for, I don't, it's not specifically engineering, but I, I think it fits a little bit into that. Not really operations, but engineering. Uh, so when we did have the non-laser spider uh, nano goo, Book sent like what was it like a, an electrical wave or whatever through it to EMP, try and like EMP, uh, yeah okay. it didn't really work but at least they were trying to kind of like solve a a problem there in a way that was semi mechanical as opposed to well I guess you could call it scientific it, it doesn't matter. I think engineering has been a little lacking here because most of our stuff is just um, not centered around that. But I mean, like even calculating the time for uh, for the DMAs, uh, how long it's going to be in the one area. I mean, math, math, engineering, engineering, math. I don't know. I'm stretching a little bit. As far as command, the only thing that I would say for command is sometimes it's important for like a leader to stick to their guns. Um, might not always be right, but uh, as we all know, uh, usually results uh, take over for any mistakes that are made along the way. And granted, we didn't really stop the destruction of the DMA, no. but again, we'll see if that's harm or foul later. Um, and you know, Burnham's little mini speech, and like even her little mini speech to Nan, you know, kind of like trying to bring her more into the fold, you know, just like getting a more personal touch with her. While I didn't necessarily think that it fit very well at that moment, you could kind of see the leadership seeing somebody who was hurting because of decisions that they had made and relating my bad decisions to theirs and you know kind of bringing her a little bit more into her way of thinking i mean that's kind of that it felt 
I don't want to I don't want to really equate it to 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 it, but I will anyway. It, it kind of felt a little bit like a Janeway move because like Janeway was always what's what's the quote? It's the Janeway, you know what I mean? So it, that that sort of thing is has kind of been Michael's deal too, where it's like her her decisions have largely been absolute. Um, so I, I I might I might say yeah, science, maybe engineering, at least like we'll give it a piece piece of engineering, yeah. and then um, command. It just all depends on how you view it, and it might be more of a decision that would have to be thought about after we see uh, sort of the fallout of this. But yeah, really disappointed in Vance. He is totally going to die at some point. Uh, and I don't know how sad he'll be because I really liked him in the beginning, but oh boy, he's gotten a, like a nice little soft hostess cupcake with creamy center in it. Um, but yeah, that, that that's kind of, I guess, my view on it. How do you follow that, right? Um. <laughs> it was all about the hostess cupcake. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so for me, the... Like I can, I can get on board with with um, like science for sure. Um, I, I keep I keep going back like like revisiting this part of the conversation of like how do we like how do you assign like a delta like do you do it by like rank as, as a like like what you would expect for like this this rank to to demonstrate in terms of leadership. Um, is it an all or nothing kind of thing? Who do you look to for it? Um, do you look at like the main cast? Do you look at the whole cast um, type of thing? And I mean, I hate to to just be like a gatherer in terms of like how how I assign it, but I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna like go there and just like kind of give like maybe like a little bit of like mercy and grace when it comes to like collective folks um like in a way vance i guess like thinking ahead like with the non thing um like if things go sideways i am going to empower someone i'm going to have a backup plan for this to take place even if it didn't happen um even burnham in um the ready room where like they were doing like the different briefings and like you're going to do this you're going to do that you're going to be here you're going to be there um and even what like i agree with what david was saying about like sticking to your guns like sticking to your convictions type of thing so like i think i feel mostly comfortable like with a command um being being able to be on display i just don't know how i would like really tee that up like if it's like a like if it's like a like a rank thing or what but like i'm just gonna say like a command delta is there in some some fashion um engineering yeah i could i could say like the bomb thing and maybe like the nanite goop stuff um but like for me it, it's definitely like the it's definitely science and it's definitely command so with that let's move into our our number rating um, let's start with David. So uh, for those that, uh, if this is your first time listening, uh, we rate this on a scale of one to 10, one being a dumpster fire, 10 being absolutely amazing. And um, just to give a quick check-in with where we were last time, uh, last week's episode with All In, um, we had some some very high scores, by the way, just kidding. Um, Eric gave it a 5.4, David gave it a 5.2, and I gave it a 4.2 uh, was last week's episode rating. So David, how would you rate this episode? 
Well, first, I, I think we all kind of mentioned this when we sort of get to this point um, regarding our attention span when watching the episode, how focused we were on watching the episode. Um, I can honestly say I was not focused at all on the episode. It didn't it didn't really capture my attention very well, um, which is a bit of a problem for me because when I watch stuff, I genuinely want to watch it. You know, like with Prodigy, I, I wanted to watch those. And at times, you know, I'd watch them a couple of times. Um, but th- th- this episode was such a... Uh, such a smash together of a bunch of different ideas, whether they were heavy handed or somewhat cringy in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, I, I get the overall kind of plot of the show, the, the from point A to point B, uh, one ship wants to destroy the DMA, the other ship wants to save the DMA. I mean, like I, I get the I get the moral implication. I get the political implication. I think that the stakes are 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 high but they don't feel high like I, I don't feel like this episode did a good job of making me care about the um the tension that could cause that could elevate due to destroying this particular in quotations mining uh apparatus uh and the other thing too is that um it it's just not very good it's just not a very good episode. It's not coherent. It's not written very well. I hate to bash it, but it, it, it's not it's not written very well at all. And it, it's just shaky. It's a really shaky thing. And, and when I think about how this show started off, and I was like, oh, season four is turning it around. They're, they're learning from some mistakes. They're trying to get, but it, it just, it didn't, it, it feels like we've sort of hit a bit of a, a rut in in the series. And I don't really know how that gets turned around because it just seems like we've regressed a little bit from the pure writing aspect of the show. So um, I guess the real question is, do I hate it more than the last episode? And the, the, the honest the honest to God thing is, I don't even remember last week's episode. Like that's how much I blocked it out of my mind. So I don't even know if I can, if I can even think about it in that regard. But uh, you know, I, I do want to try and be as fair as possible because there were a couple of parts that were that were okay. But you know, we're just we're, we're throwing characters. We're not giving any development. We're not writing particularly well. The stakes don't feel high. And uh, and overall, it just it just wasn't a very successful transition for the story or a continuation of the story that we're trying to tell about this new, highly advanced race. So, because of that, um, I'm probably I'm probably gonna pin it down at like I I, I was thinking about like a five four, and I I, th- I think that's where I'm gonna live here. But you, Eric? Yeah, like last last week, David used the perfect word for that episode, and it was lazy. Last week's episode was lazy. I don't know if this week's episode is outright lazy, but you're right; it's not. It's not good. Like it's not written well. I I think the biggest problem, like when this episode ended, I thought to myself, 
we have four more episodes left in this season. Like, what the heck are they going to do for four episodes? And it's like, they had this idea, oh, we got this dark matter anomaly and this species 10C and there's this quote from Michelle Paradise that I shared with the two of you. Like, we wanted to create this new species unlike anything Star Trek had ever seen before. And they had this idea, but it just wasn't big enough for 13 episodes. And so now they're doing whatever they can to just stretch it and stretch it out. And it's just, it has boring. It has no pace. I don't feel like the stakes are high at all. Like this story might've made a good JJ Abrams two, two and a half hour movie. Maybe. I mean, there's just news that mm-hmm. we're getting a new one of those. Like this story might've worked for that. You could have kept the pacing up. You could have kept the threat level up, but st- they're just, they're just stretching this thing out into like these really not memorable episodes. And it's just like, how are we going to sit through four more of these? Like, honestly, four more episodes? I, I, I don't I don't know if I'm going to make it. I mean, I probably am. But like, geez, some like unless something really dramatic happens, like we're in for a slog to the end. I really I really feel like we are. And this story should be over by now. It's not interesting. I don't I don't even know if I'm going to be like, oh, Species 10C, that's really cool, because it just took so long to get there. Um, do I hate this episode? No, but I'm probably going to forget it, right? I re- at least remember something from last week's episode with the, 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 the poker and the boxing and the... <laughs> The that's karma, right. that's the, what happened. The, the, car, the karma barge. I at least remember that. Like, the only thing I'm going to remember from this episode is it wasn't stormy weather. That's what I'm going to remember. I'm like, you broke your own rules three episodes later. Like, I don't hate this episode, but like, I'm going to forget it. It's not good. I gave last week, what, a 5 4. Mm-hmm. David, you just gave this episode a 5 4. I'll 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 stick with that five four. Okay, no pressure, Chase. No pressure. Three two. <laughs> it's a point nine. <laughs> no, it's not a point nine. It's a one. Um, <laughs> so the problem that I've had with with this episode and last week's episode is I was bored watching it. I wanted to do other stuff besides watch what was happening. And I hate that. Like, I want y'all to know, like, like not just you guys, like that I'm talking, like looking at right now, like as we do this thing, but like the listeners out there, I hate the fact that I wanted to do that. I love Star Trek. I really do. I really love Star Trek. Like, if you look in my office, there's a lot of Star Trek stuff on my wall. I love me some Star Trek. That's a true story. I've seen it. Yep, true story. There is an inordinate amount of Starfleet uniforms in my closet, too. Like, I love Star Trek. And I think they, like, 
like the idea of of you know and what Gene Roddenberry created so many years ago and like what people aspire to how it's inspired people it's it's a wonderful wonderful show it's a wonderful uh fandom so i don't like to flame things and and walk away and be bored by a show that i love so very much like a series that you know like an overall series that i love so very much but with this i just i I was on the struggle bus y'all i was on the struggle bus i did watch it a second time while I was making dinner for the family and bless your heart <laughs> and it was rough okay like I'm not gonna lie it was rough and I, I realized people listening might have loved this episode and I'm, I'm, I'm ha- very very like truly I'm happy for you okay like I don't want to yuck your yum for me didn't like it um and I just and I, like I'm kind of with like the guys here like did I hate it no, did I like it more than last week's episode? Maybe a little bit, maybe. Um, it was there was just like so much going on. Like it's like we were taking cooked spaghetti and just like throwing it against the cabinetry and seeing what sticks and what doesn't. And whatever stuck, that's what we're gonna put on the screen. And there were like like Eric was even saying like the stakes really aren't there like things are just artificially inflated in terms of like consequences and stakes and things like that like the like you know the the even the canon that we've written that we did 3 episodes ago really doesn't mean much in the grand scheme of things now so i'm stuck you know like all in i i went in and i was like it's a 4-2 this one I don't know if I want to give it a four two, um, but I just I'm just not enjoying this all that much. Um, even like Culber wasn't able to like really pull it out for me too much. So, mm, do I want to be that guy? That's the real question. Do be I want to be that guy? Be that guy. <laughs> Come to the dark side, Chase. It's much more fun over here. I don't know. Like, I'm just, I mean, I, I hate being that guy, but I'm going to do it. A 4.7. Ooh. Sheesh. Yeah, and how many, just out of curiosity, how many times did y'all watch the episode? Once. Once. Okay. So, yeah, I got two. <laughs> That's why I said, bless your heart when you watch the second time. I, I don't, I don't, if I, if I turned it on a second time, I probably would have been on my phone. I probably would have been packing. I probably would have been doing everything else and it just would have been on in the background and I would have been like seen maybe like 30 seconds of it where I was actually paying attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, sure. And you know what? Photon torpedoes just they don't do they don't do the work they used to do. No, and we didn't quantum, get to see were, enough fire. They're quantum All right? torpedoes, weren't they? Yeah, okay. Torpedoes. Not, Didn't yeah. he shoot quantum torpedoes? Right. Probably right. I needed to see that pyro guy, you know, <laughs> make his check. And I just, I didn't see that man make his check. He was or on lady. Union break. Yeah. <laughs> He's on Union Break, man. All right. All right. What's the Twitter poll this week, Chase? Okay, Eric, because you asked, I'm, I'm delivering. Let's talk about the Twitter poll. So this week I poll, as always, I polled the people of the Twitter, and 
Uh, I made a brief typo and I realized it after it was posted and you can't edit things on Twitter, which sucks. Really? Um, yeah, you have to delete the whole thing and like repost yeah. if you want to. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yep. So I made I made an oopsie, but it's okay. I know I made the oopsie. oopsie, oopsie. And um, so the here's the here's the poll. Which experimental Star Trek ship is your favorite? The choices were the NX74205, the Defiant, the NX01, the Enterprise, the NX76884, which I put Prodigy, which is actually the Protostar. So that's where my oopsie was. Um, or the NX59650, which is the Prometheus. So which star, which experimental Star Trek ship is your favorite? The Defiant, the Enterprise, Protostar, or Prometheus? Enterprise. There we go. I mean, I love the Enterprise. Like, the Defiant, I never liked the look of the Defiant for some reason. It always had, like, a weird look. And, like, the nacelles were at some really curved angle. And, like, I don't know. Like the Enterprise, we did an entire episode chase about the Enterprise, and it was True. like we were like very complimentary of what it looked like. Yes, we were. Um, the Protostar is cool though, right? Like, cause it like goes yeah. fast. Right? It goes fast. Go fast. It's cool because it goes fast. <laughs> go go fast. I mean, who doesn't want to go fast? And it like <laughs> it's got two engines in it, right? It's got a little baby star in it. Right. I mean, but yeah, I think I'm gonna go with the Enterprise. Okay, so we have two votes for the Enterprise. Okay, gotcha. Well, let's go to the results. So coming in in last place with 5% of the vote, we have the NX59650, otherwise known as the Prometheus, which is from the episode Message in a Bottle from Star Trek Voyager, for anyone that was wondering, by the way. No, I knew that, actually. But the people on Listenerland <laughs> might not. Okay. <laughs> that was the one where the doctor went to the ship and he met Andy Dick, the new the new EMH. That's right. That's right. The Romulans took over and they were like attack pattern alpha and the ship flew into like three pieces and like who do you wish to attack? Romulans. <laughs> it did a book thing. <laughs> it did a book thing, like his little boomerang ship thing. <laughs> Boy. Anyway. Okay. I, I knew that. There we go. I understood that reference. Very good. Okay. Uh, third place, coming in with 10% of the vote, we have the NX74205, otherwise known as the Defiant. Little ship. It's one tough little ship. Little? All right. Here we go. Top two. Y'all ready for this? Sorry. Thank you. My soundboard's not working, but so thank you for that, Dave. Drum roll, drum roll, drum roll. Coming in in second place with 40% of the vote. The NX01, the Enterprise. Uh, Which means with 45% of the vote, it was the Protostar. How much do you think that's recency bias? Ooh, that's a good that's a good yeah. research term right there my man like i mean like the defiant we saw that for how long right and then like the protostar we've seen for 10 episodes but it's like the thing that's in everyone's mind and, and to be honest i remember when i saw the poll i was like i wonder how many people are just thinking the enterprise like next gen's enterprise not even really you know thinking about the you know the actual model we're talking about here yeah 
There you go. The people of the Twitter have spoken, my dudes. The Protostar wins, otherwise known as the USS Prodigy, according to my poll. <laughs> that is so odd that you can't edit. I don't like it. But that's Twitter for you. That's Twitter for you. So, gents, we did it. We did it. We have four episodes left of season four of Discovery. What are we going to do for four episodes? Hey, man, maybe we'll love it. You never know. I mean, I want know. to love it. I want to like this. Yeah. I want to like Star Trek. I want to watch Star Trek and be invested in it and love it. I don't want to feel this way after I watch. So I want to be like, whoo, bless your heart. You watched it twice. I want to be like, yeah, I want to watch it a second time. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I hate I hate giving low scores. Personally, I would prefer to not give low scores to. to I want to give nine point fives and nine point eight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to yeah. give those. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And truthfully, like I do. I mean, I hate like you said, I hate giving low scores because I think that's the popular thing to do. Like with reviews, is just like trash it in like take a dump all over it man like i hate doing that like I, I just i in fact i stopped watching a lot of content creators that do that for that very reason yeah so eh, gotta be honest though true story so i'm not just saying it just to you know get downloads because like that's what oh, I've do it. oh i've noticed your titles chase yeah i've noticed your titles <laughs> Well, David, didn't you make an episode that was titled We Fix the Sequel Trilogy? Darn that's straight like a, I did. That's a clickbait title right oh, there. Oh, and you know what? We <laughs> fixed it, too. We totally fixed it, and it was great. And I, I also had one, uh, did the War of the Bounty Hunters break us or something like that, and it did. It was the truth. It broke us. It broke us of the comics, and you know what? We did fix the sequel trilogy. All right? Hire us. Or just me. You're hired. Not you. Oh, my bad. Let's get out of here. Let's yeah. get out of here. Let's get out of here. Eric's got to get to get got to get to sleep on the the USS Vigilant, and David's got to go hang out at Quarks for some reason. So That's let's right. get back out of here. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in and, and listening to us. Uh, what did you think of the episode? Did you give it like a four or five, or did you give it something higher, much higher, much lower? I don't know. Uh, we'd love to find out. Interact with us. Let us know your thoughts. You can learn more about us and uh, leave a comment. It's just a show idea all at trtvpod.com. Um, you can also email us directly, uh, open up Haley Frequencies and enter in trtvpod at gmail.com. Um, you can also um, send us a voice-only transmission to 817-752-4757. There's a three-minute limit before um, we have to jump out of here and whatever DMA is before us uh, to get to safety. Uh, finally, if you do want to mail us something, like some little peppercorns, because we need that for our, our pepper grinders, by the way. Um, you make sure that gets to us at the Lone Star Station, P.O. Box 2455, Azel, Texas 76098. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. And as always, remember to boldly go and make it so. Bye.